Wait a minute, I hear something. Everybody, it's Dr. Movie Time back for another episode. Hope you are doing well. Um, I'm having <laughs> an absolute blast covering all these uh, Jaws ripoffs slash aquatic horror slash not necessarily aquatic horror but still kind of rip off the genre. Uh, there's a lot to see here, and we are just getting into it, right? I mean, we're just getting through. The most notable versions of, of these movies, right? The ones that people do bring up pretty often. Uh, I covered Grizzly way early on uh, in the series because it's just one of my favorite movies, but it is hands down a, a Jaws ripoff movie. Uh, plus the nature runs amok stuff, right? And uh, coming off the back of that, you kind of got the same thing here with the movie for today. Which is, uh, I would say, a personal favorite. It's not one I watch a lot, but it's one of those I'm like, oh yeah, alligator, yeah. Uh, I like this movie a lot, so I'm already giving you a heads up of what I think about it. Um, I can't remember. I, I think uh, Patrick Lear uh, brought this one up in his list of movies, which he also brought up Orca, and like I said. Orca's probably my favorite Jaws ripoff, but I've already kind of done it on Rad Movie Rama. Um, but if enough of you say, hey, we'd still like to hear you do a version of that for this show, just let me know. I'd be glad to do it, actually. Uh, but yeah, he brought up Alligator from 1980. Hey, a horror sci-fi flick. I don't know how sci-fi it really is. Um, you know... This one, the, the, I remember this one. I didn't catch it till it came on like regular TV. And uh, wow, it was almost a little too much for regular TV. Um, <laughs> there's some scenes in this that you're like, wow, they they kind of pushed the envelope with this, especially being able to carry it on regular TV. Um, we've got uh, who directed this? Louis Teague. Can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Cujo. He did Cat's Eye. He did uh, Jewel of the Nile. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, some some, I mean, bonafide 80s classics, right? Um, as far as a synopsis, here we go. We got a herpetologist helps a detective track her flushed away pet, now a king-sized mutant named, uh, called Ramon. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a weird way of putting it but yeah that's that's the thing I don't know if she actually knows that it's hers I think it just all kind of falls into place to where hmm this could be my pet alligator which could have been the the, the sequel name alligator 2 my pet alligator but they didn't make an alligator 2 but it's totally disconnected from this one don't know why that's just how these things work uh, why to watch well, in case you didn't know, it's three words, right? It's harrowing, ruthless, and thrilling. <laughs> I love these reviews. I still think there should be a 
a podcast where you just come on and say the name of the movie, the year it came out, and a three-word review, and you're done. <laughs> I kind of like that. Somebody else says, it's a blast and a half. Sturdy practical effects and a smorgasbord of memorable character actors. Absolutely. The one thing this movie has going for it, kind of the same deal with Blood Beach, is this is a really good cast. And uh, it really helps you take in the, the story of what's happening in this movie, I think, pretty well. Uh, the next one says, it's a monster movie that knows what it is and has fun with it. Always a true pleasure to watch again and again. You know what? I, I always catch myself while watching it going, you know what, this is actually a lot of fun. It's it's a, it's well made for what it is. Alligator is underrated and a must-see for fans who enjoy a good killer creature flick. Couldn't agree more. You always hear this one brought up. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to get to, to actually cover this one. It gets a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and you know, I would say probably a little better than that. When we talk about our cast, we got the great Robert Forrester in this, man. Robert Forrester, I think of him from The Black Hole, right? I mean, that that's what I remember him from more than anything else. Uh, he was in, what, was uh, it Foxy Brown? Jackie Brown. He was in Jackie Brown. Um, some other stuff, <laughs> but but that's what I think of. I think of the black hole more than anything, because you know, I'm a fan. Got Robin Riker in this. Come on, man. Sorry, y'all. I'm riding, riding behind this truck that's had his blinker on since 1942, and he's not driving the speed limit. The challenges of uh, doing a podcast. Hold on, while I pass this turkey him and his Silverado, and he's getting over in my side of the lane. Alright. Wow. People. Uh, Robin Riker from uh, Psycho Granny. Yeah. Nothing worth really bringing up. <laughs> Michael uh, V. Gazzo from obviously The Godfather. Uh, Always a great character. Jackie Carter in this. He always plays great stuff. All these guys have been in tons of stuff. But we got to talk about Henry Silva, right? Henry Silva, the bad guy in just about every early to mid-80s movie created. From the Buck Rogers series to, gosh, I mean, just name it. The guy's the bad guy. Under Siege, Code of Honor, I mean... Mega Force. I mean, the guy's always the bad guy. And uh, when, once you see him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he plays uh, Colonel Brock in this, right? The guy you can't wait for something bad to happen to. <laughs> um, Sidney Lassick in this from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, you know, the, the list goes on and on, folks. There's a, a, there's a lot of great actors in this movie. But let's talk about the action movie, right? Starts off with uh, a, a family at a aquatic show, right? And this guy's in here trying to catch an alligator or whatever, and that doesn't work out so well. And uh, I love the announcer, too, because he's like, well, folks, sometimes the alligator wins. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, they're carrying the guy out on a stretcher, and he's missing half his leg. 
Well, you know, that's that's the price you pay. I mean, you know, talk about keeping your cool. Um, and on the way out, the uh, the family sees a guy that's selling little baby alligators. They buy their daughter one. They take it home. She's starting to raise it. Names it Ramon. Dad comes home in a huff one day. I don't know if he's drunk or what. And decides to flush it down the, the, the toilet, right? And... All these years later, these things start happening, right? Down in the sewers, there's a, a guy that uh, is working down there in uh, Sydney Lassick. And while he's dumping off his stuff in there, he gets attacked and gets killed. And people are looking for him. They don't know where he is, but they find pieces of him. And they start trying to put together what happened, right? Uh, lo and behold, this people that are in charge of the the sewer system in town are also a big chemical company of some kind and obviously they know that I think they had a dog that went down there too and when it came out it was like three times the size so they're putting these chemicals in there and it was causing creatures to mutate and get bigger who doesn't love a good mutation story right well our, our, our cop uh, Robert Forrester David Madison is on the case and he's trying to figure out what's happening here and we found these body parts but we can't get an answer of what's going on and it turns out that you know the the company in charge of it is behind all of it so he's on the case to try to get these people you know held up for their responsibility but there's more tie-ins to it and it even ties all the way up to the mayor so when he starts bringing on the heat, they start putting the heat on him and the police force to keep their mouths shut. You know, just like it happens in real life. Um, that's one thing about this is the, the stuff that, that kind of happens here. I mean, they even, uh, he has to turn in his badge to the chief and quit being a cop because they brought too much heat on him. Uh, again, that's it's not far from the truth, folks. That's kind of how these things work. But... Um, as we go along, he falls in love with uh, Marissa, who, you know, studies all these animals because she's fascinated by it. And she does reveal the story of her um, losing a pet, right? So, again, it comes into coincidence of, wow, this, this could be Ramon, which is, you know, it's like a 40-foot alligator. And it does the same thing that we get in Jaws and everything else where you don't see the creature for quite a while till about halfway through and then it just comes busting up through the concrete in the middle of town <laughs> through a, a, a manhole or I guess now with you know being politically correct a person hole does anybody want to crawl through a person hole I don't know um, <laughs> and uh, you know starts wreaking havoc on everything and Everything's fine and dandy, and they cover it up. They try not to tell the truth of what's going on till it actually shows up at the mayor's house. Or not the mayor's house, but at this this doctor's house that's in charge of all this stuff. He's in cahoots with the mayor, his, his new son-in-law, who's the one that's being questioned by the cops the whole time, is the one behind it all. But he's only doing what this guy tells him to do. And... Uh, you know, justice is served, right? Because the alligator who they created comes to roost and to get payback. 
at the wedding reception. Come on. How can you not say that sounds freaking awesome, <laughs> right? Everything's fine and dandy till, the, till the, the maid gets eaten, right? The maid gets eaten first and, you know, just goes to town. That's kind of skipping towards the end of the movie. But, uh, man, there's a scene where these kids are playing and the alligator gets in one of them's swimming pool and they're playing, you know, pirates or whatever. They're making one kid walk the plank and it's dark. Well, the kid falls in the water and that's the end of that kid, right? I never will forget seeing that when I was when I was a kid thinking, crap, I don't know if I even go to the swimming pool anymore, right? You're always going to make sure and check there's no alligators in it. Um, this movie's just a lot of fun, man. Uh, I, I really, really like it. And, you know, you get a backstory and you get the Jaws thing about you know, instead of Chief Brody, you got David Madison who, you know, has lost a work partner, you know, in, on the force who was killed by an accident that he kind of blames himself for. So you get that thing where he's troubled by the past and it leads to the difficulties of, you know, his relationships and all that stuff. So it's very, you know, that's pulling from Jaws for sure. And, uh, you know, it's different enough that, you know, you don't necessarily think of it as a Jaws ripoff. But it just ties into all those other movies that, that are in the same time period, right? So I think it really stands on its own. I think it's a very solid flick. Um, and again, uh, with Henry Silva playing this guy, he's your animal expert, right? That comes in and goes, now the way that you catch an alligator is by this and this and this, right? And I learned in you know Uganda that you do, you know, one of those guys. Not that there's any, you know, alligators in Uganda. I think that's crocodiles. Anywho, uh, you know, he's the expert, right? And he tries to recruit some people on the street to go help him catch his alligator. And only to find out that it's way too big of an alligator. And it just doesn't end well for him. Which you're totally fine with because you can't stand the guy, right? So, again, just a, a cool little movie. You know what? I've never seen the sequel. Um, if you think I should see the sequel, let me know. I haven't seen it. Don't know if it's any good. Usually, sequels fall, fall pretty short coming this far off of, you know, the original idea. Maybe the exception is Piranha 2. I don't know. Which, you know, Piranha will be happening real soon. Um, yeah, I just... I like this flick. I think I think the alligator still looks good. I think the deaths are pretty dang good. Uh, you don't see a whole lot, but you see enough, right? Definitely the starting point for your Lake Placids and all these other knockoffs you know, that that we've had since, um, which is another fun flick too. I'm gonna that's definitely gonna happen. But uh, yeah, this is this is a good one, folks. Uh, I I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, and I, I feel kind of ashamed that I don't revisit it more because I find myself really enjoying this flick. I like the characters. I like some of the backstory stuff. I like the fact of the ending. You'll know what I mean when I say this. But think of, well, I'm just going to say it. The, uh, the Godzilla movie that came out with Matthew Broderick in it, you know, the Americanized version, ripped this movie off. That's right. I said it. The ending 
of the Godzilla movie ends pretty much dead on like the ending of this movie. So, obviously this was an influence. And uh, I, I totally get it. I see why. Because we never really got that before with any other creature features like this. So, yeah, man. This is a, this is a cool one, folks. So, check it out. Let me know what you think. It's on Tubi. So, uh, it's right there just waiting on you, right? Okay, folks. That's it for this one. We will check you later.